my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Once COVID-19 restrictions are lifted, we'll be ready to rumble for you. Contact us to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Hey friends, welcome to episode 392 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. And joining me this week, the man I met in the middle of the ring over the weekend, it is Tyler Heath Hatton. And we got a lot to talk about, my friend. And uh, first of all, welcome back to the show. And on a serious note, I want to thank you for everything Stride Pro Wrestling and, and beyond, so I uh, get the ass-kissing session out of the way. Your friendship and, you know, everything culminated last night or Saturday night as, as we record this, and we'll get more into the details, but uh, I am grateful and very appreciative of you, and not just as a wrestling friend, but as a friend as well, so thank you for that. Well, uh, I appreciate it. You are a great friend as well, and you have been um, very uh, behind the scenes, uh, very, very, let me think of the word, but um, very great for Stride, um, and the work that, you know, that you do, and, and, you know, as far as the social media, and, um, you know, the the posters, and, you know, the setup, and the teardown, so... Uh, you know, it was kind of, you know, we, we started this with a, with a huge team effort and as time has <laughs> gone on, uh, you know, it's kind of me and you and, and, and are kind of the last two, two standing, um, you know, as far as all the, the behind the scenes and, and stuff. So, uh, I thank you for that as well. Well, thanks. And for, for folks who maybe didn't see it and, and I encourage you go to the stride Facebook page, um, the video from Saturday night's event did stream live and, and uh, it's right there on Facebook, very easy to watch. I know that we have had several views on it already. We had uh, folks there uh, at the Sioux Drive Center. Doing a show, I think in May is always challenging because uh, you know, here in Southern Illinois at least, there were a lot of graduations over the weekend and so um, I, I don't know if that had an impact, but I know I saw a lot of faces there that I had not seen at previous stride shows either. So I feel like it's a it's a good balance. We have our regulars that come out, but then uh, adding new folks. And I think we do that a lot too with these school shows. And, and sometimes we may hook a few and, and they come back for more. Yeah, I, um, you know, 
we we wanted to do it the first weekend in May, but um, I had prom and I was unable to be there. And then I think the second week they were not available mm-hmm. to do it. And I know one of those two weeks you had you know your son's graduation, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, it kind of pushed it back. And, and I knew, you know, um, you know, my high school that, that I teach at our graduation was Friday night, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, and I also know that there was a couple teams, local teams playing in their regional softball game and baseball games, um, today, you know, had, had our team won, they would have, uh, our baseball team, they would have been playing yesterday as well. So, you know, and uh, and Shane Rich told me that there was a band playing, um, I think, at Black Diamond. Um, oh. And so, you know, there was just, uh, um, you know, a lot going on. And, and that typically happens. You know, I know we ran into, you know, I remember one time we, we did a show at the mall in Marion and uh, and they were doing prom. If you remember, they yeah. did the prom, That's you right. know, at the mall. And so... You know, it's really impossible, and I mean, we didn't have, uh, you know, a huge crowd, but it was a pretty good sized crowd, um, and uh, you know, coming off a couple big shows, you know, uh, you know, we had a huge crowd at, on, you know, obviously at Dalton County, mm-hmm. there was a pretty good sized crowd, obviously at um, at at Johnson City, so you know, um, it, that just kind of comes with it, and I. You know, I was happy with it because, like, at one point, you know, they were cheering for you, and you were like, "Oh my God, it was loud!" You know, yeah. so, um, so, you know. But other than that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's so hard, you know. Um, and that, and that was honestly too the the first ran how many shows outside of the building post COVID, you know, yeah. so where we've kind of ventured out, so. You know, that just kind of comes with it, you know, and I mean, 100 to 125 fans, whatever it was, you know, that's it, it, it you know, it, it's better than, I guess, having, you know, 20 or 25. Yeah. So, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to kind of uh, give folks a little bit of a peek of the, behind the curtain, um, you know. Tyler has always kind of joked with me about, you know, he, he wants to wrestle me, he uh, and we, we talked about this a, a few years ago even, um, and I always kind of laughed it off. Um, and when you introduced the idea and the story of, of how we were going to do this, um, I really thought it was really kind of cool. But you never, you never divulged all the details. And you kept telling me, you know, you were texting me, you were Snapchatting. You kept telling me you're going to beat me with the tombstone. And I, I, up until Saturday night, I was petrified that you were going to try to bust out a tombstone, um, which I obviously was not uh, mentally nor probably physically prepared to take. Um, but I also know that any time I've wrestled, and now I think Saturday night was, was 11th time that I've wrestled, you have always, in one way or another, if you're not directly involved with the match, um, you know, when we did all the tag team stuff, uh, you were behind the scenes and you had my back with Mike Masters when I was kind of getting ready for that. And I knew that, you know, even though storyline wise, you weren't involved with it, you were the one guy who pulled me aside and, and took me in. We went and did some stuff to kind of prepare for this because otherwise I would have been completely, uh, out of my element, which I already was, but you prepped me and, and helped me. So again, that's part of that friendship 
uh, that we're talking about. And, you know, I wasn't sure how things were going to go. You know, you sent out the booking sheet and you had all the winners marked except for our match. And, uh, you know, I had no clue. And then we're in the ring kind of going through things Saturday night before the show. And you told me that you were going to go over and you told me how. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and, and it made sense because this is why I justified it or not justified it, rationalized it in my head. You know, when I wrestled Mike Masters, Jay Spade was there to interfere and, and help me win. When I wrestled uh, Roger Mathis, you know, Cash Borden and my friend Tom Harness came in and, and interfered and that helped me win. And then all my other matches were the tag team matches with you and, and the six man with Jay Spade and the six man with Curly. So I've always had someone help me. Well, I didn't have anyone Saturday night to, to support me, and you had, uh, you know, superstar uh, Bobby or uh, Billy Ray. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. You know, this this makes sense that I, you know because I'm not going to beat you because I don't have anyone to interfere on my behalf. And then the fast one happens, the swerve, if you will. I call it a, a good swerve. Uh, the music hits during our match, and all of a sudden I looked up. Because uh, I had just come off the ropes, and you hit me in the belly, and I am laying there. And I look up, and I see uh, Nikki Driftwood wearing the mask. And I was confused, because I didn't know what was going on. And then, you know, I, I hit you with the spear. I go to cover you. And if you look at the video, a friend of mine was there, too, and, and she had taken some video. You kind of see me moving, because I was waiting for you to kick out, and you never did. And I thought it was a mistake. Um, and again, completely up, taken off guard and, and the emotion afterward was real. It was a hundred percent real. I was shocked and, you know, so grateful for that moment. And, and people who don't follow wrestling or don't understand wrestling or aren't into wrestling won't understand that feeling, but it meant the world to me. And again, I thank you for that. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it was, uh, I had known about that, you know, for a couple months, uh, I, you know, cash had, uh, had reached out and, you know, he wanted to come back and, uh, you know, and I told him, you know, he could have came back whenever he wanted, but I had this idea and I said, I'm going to wrestle, you know, Kevin. And, and I, I presented him with this idea that I thought would be the best idea. And, and, you know, he loved it. And, uh, you know, so we had choreographed it. And to be honest, the only ones that knew, were me and Cash. Um, yeah. we, we didn't tell anybody. And so, I mean, when I say nobody knew, literally nobody knew. Um, the day of, however, I needed the back door to be propped open so Cash could get in. So I smartened um, Roger up the okay. day of. Um, and then um, then I um, pulled Kevin McCleary aside, the ref. Yeah later on in the night and I smartened him up. Um, now, uh, you know, obviously when you have Driftwood, who's going to come in through one door and you have cash, who's coming in through another door. And then you had our music guy who wasn't really smartened up. Uh, superstar Billy Ray would, had no clue. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't tell him, but he was supposed to be ejected from ringside. We didn't get to that spot. There was a miscommunication. Um, nobody in the back knew why Nikki Driftwood came in the locker room except for Roger. Oh. And he was trying to watch the other stuff. Yeah. And 
you know, our speaker was stolen, so you could barely hear the music in the back. You could yeah. hear it when you got to the ring, but you couldn't hear it in the back. Nikki couldn't hear the music, so she started to come out. And uh, and so I think, uh, you know, the music guy kind of got confused, so he went ahead to play. So uh, we improvised and we got there. I felt bad because, you know, there was more things we had planned to do um, and, you know, more time. But, you know, we definitely got there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it, again, it was it was a it was a fun night. And again, totally surprised, shocked to see cash. Um, and it was funny, too, because um, I don't remember who told me afterward. It might have been Garrett, but somebody had said to me, um, or no, it was Kevin. It was it was Kevin because you had obviously pulled him to the it, you had posted a video the other day on the stride page and, and it was kind of a cryptic message. Um, and he said that was, that was, you know, the tease for cash. And I had said to you, I had asked you a few days before that what it was for. And you told me Chris Hargis and I totally, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I had again, 0.0% clue about cash and uh, cashers, uh, arrival and showing up and being a part of it. But, and, you know, the, the funniest part was, um, you know, Cash had called me when he got there, and I was going out to kind of smarten him up on everything, and and you came outside. That was him in the car. You know, back. you turned around and looked at me, and I'm like, I wonder what's going on. Because you kind of gave me a look, and I was like, so I just went, went to my car, grabbed what I needed, and then went back in. And <laughs> later, you know, obviously after everything went down, I'm like, I wonder if that was Cash in that car, and that's why he gave me that look. What? I mean, I was walking to the car, and like I, and so I can see him in his mirror, uh, in his car door mirror, uh-huh. and he's like, and he's like pointing, and so I like, he's laying down in the seat, <laughs> and he's pointing, and I turn around, and there's you. Oh so man! So I kind of stop in the middle, and I'm like, so either he thinks I have some girlfriend here in the car <laughs> coming to see me, or. Like, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. So, I, like, I'm, like, in the middle of no man's land. And, like, then I'm, like, you're looking at me. And I'm, like, I don't want to be a jerk and just be, like, not say anything to yeah. you. Because there's only me and you outside. But then again, like, I don't want you to think I'm, like, you know, going to meet somebody in the car. I'm not supposed to be meeting in the car. So, I'm just, like you know it's completely you know um it was i was that's probably the most uncomfortable i was the whole night i just i stood there in between you and the car and then i walked i'm like okay i'm just gonna walk back to my car and act like i'm getting something out of my car and i walked back to my car and my car's locked and my keys are inside and so i was like oh this is just a nightmare um and so yeah then i walk over and, and you know luckily um and then you went on inside, and I had left the door propped open so I could go in. And you shut the door all the way, so it locked me. Oh, shit. And the garage door was shut, so I had to walk all the way <laughs> around to the front. So, oh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that, was, uh, that was a pretty funny uh, pretty funny part. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it was, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I felt bad because, um, you know, it you know, it was kind of, we didn't get to do what we wanted to do. 
you know, you didn't get to take your choke slam and, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, and the other stuff. And, I, and you know, to be honest, the, the finish we had, the, you know, the way we were going to do it, I'll, I'll just keep the curtain back. I was going to put my feet on the rope. And that was the way you thought I was going to win. Yeah. And Kevin was going to stop at two. Okay. And, um, and then, I mean, like, and that would have been, in my opinion, the greatest rib because you would have been so lost. And, I mean, it sounds mean probably if you're <laughs> listening because, I mean, you know, um, you know, I people that are listening, I mean, Kevin literally thought that I was winning. And, yeah. and the whole time, you know, it was, it was planned for you to win. And this was months in the making. So I think it would have been <laughs> great, you know, um, because I wanted you to have that moment of, oh crap, somebody screwed up, somebody right. screwed up. You know, how do we fix this? Um, and uh, but you know, we still got it. You know, because you know when he hit three, <laughs> you're like, what the world or what yeah. just happened? <laughs> you know, you were you were legit like worried. You know, yeah. Um, so you know that was. I got what I wanted, you know, so, uh, you know, I, uh, it, it was fun and everybody, you know, was kind of, you know, shocked and, um, and then, like I said, you know, you said we didn't put it on the booking sheet, you know, I didn't underline who was winning, um, and I don't usually for my matches, yeah. um, and I just, just because I know it annoys people. Yeah, and to me that wasn't unusual because, like you said, you you don't you know there are t- and there are some other matches sometimes that you don't always uh, underline. So I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe you were keeping everybody uh, in suspense because we were doing the whole thing for you know the the control of the company. So uh, kind of keep everyone on their toes. And I actually I don't know if you heard me or not, but I had before you know after we had talked and and I was back there talking to. Um, someone else uh, about doing something later in the night. And I said, you know, I'm not going to go back out there after my match because I'm getting fired. And I immediately covered my mouth after I said it and everybody kind of looked at me and I'm like, I just let everybody know that the finish of this match, because nobody knew originally, you know, or, or seemingly nobody knew. So, um, cause I wasn't going to go back out there and do commentary for, the main event. So, um, yeah, man, it was a total surprise. And, and again, the best, the best surprise of all. And even, even with the, the hiccups with, you know, the miscue and, and whatnot, you know, I think it's still, and nobody, you know, I don't think anybody until we just talked about it was any, any wiser to, to what was supposed to happen versus what actually happened. And that's, I think that's kind of the beauty of wrestling too, is, the the real pros, you know, you can get in there and call it in the ring, so to speak, and and you know that's what you you know you, th- because yeah we went over things, but I you know I get in there and I forget and I get discombobulated and move you know, and so you're you know cueing me and whatnot, but then when you told me to hit the or you said hit the spear and then Kevin came over and told me the same thing and I'm like. I don't remember this. And then as I hit you, you said thank you. And I thought either he's saying thank you because I hit this awkwardly and it looks stupid and I just made him look stupid and he's selling it. Or he was thanking me because I hit a, a good spear and I didn't hurt him. Because one time I tried to spear Chris Hargis 
and I hit, hit him head, my head went right into his abdomen. So uh, I thought you were being sarcastic. And then, you know, one, two, and I waited for you to kick out and you didn't. And I'm like, so yeah, again, total shock, and I can't get you know probably say that a thousand more times, but it it, it was such a fun night too. I, I think everything in general, there was a lot of good stuff. You know, even even having to kind of change things at the last minute with some of the other matches. You know, everything came off without the fans. I think realizing there was ever any kind of uh, you know miscues or or redos if you will from uh from backstage yeah i mean um cards something to change you know we had somebody not be able to make it and had to move some stuff around and you know i it all kind of um you know kind of came together and uh, you know and and uh you know i i was very happy with the show and i think our fans were happy i had fans afterwards you know hanging out telling me how great it was and um you know it's I kind of felt like, um, you know, I was really, really, really impressed, um, in my opinion. Um, you know, the the match of the night, for me, um, was, you know, it's actually Roger and me were talking this morning, and I told him the match of the night for me was Peyton Ayers and, and Shane Ritz. Yes. Um, you know, it was a really good match, and, uh, you know, the crowd was extremely loud. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, and, and that's just my you know um you know my my respect for shane rich and 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 what he's able to do and and you know i but him and i you know i I was sitting there i went back today and i watched a lot of it and uh and i was just so impressed with with him and peyton's match and and it was a it was a really really good match and you know just how loud the crowd was during that so uh, i was very very impressed with it yeah, I, I agree. Peyton is is you know one of those guys that is is up and coming with the training. I, I believe he uh, at Stradiversary received his diploma, and so he is a an official graduate of, of the Stride training. You know, I, I get messages, and I know you probably get more, just as many as I do, uh, from people asking and inquiring, and you know, want to train or or whatever. And I think that we've seen a fair share come. And they go, you know, a couple of rounds with with the training, and then they're out. So, what advice do you have for someone who is thinking about this? You know, I think a lot of times fans still think, okay, I can do this. It's it's something that I can get in there and do. And um, and I I certainly hope that uh, you know me getting in there and doing it makes them think that they can get in there and do it because it is a whole different ball game from being a quote unquote. Um, guest spot, if you will, to being an actual trained professional wrestler, which um, is a lot of hard work, and it takes up, you know, it's it's a, it's a physical thing for sure. Uh, you know, that's kind of um, you know, it's probably one of the the only thing in wrestling that I'm probably the most sour about now as I get older. You know, it, it's the the training mm-hmm. uh, that, that people do and, and the way that, 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 that they do it, uh, you know, it's kind of, I, uh, you know, I got so, fr- I get so frustrated and, and it made me who I didn't want to be. And, and, you know, during the, um, it's kind of why I don't train at the school anymore. You know, I, we talked about this on the last podcast, you know, I was always tell me what I'm not good at. 
and so I can fix it or I can avoid it and not ever do it again, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, but people today, and, and that's the one thing that, you know, I was actually telling, just telling Roger this, you know, today, you know, when, when I was wrestling, I used to go up and, you know, and, and Daniel, Daniel Eads is a great example. Me and Daniel Eads met because Daniel Eads came up to me and he knew who I was from OVW because he was from Evansville and he knew who I was and he knew I had done some WWE stuff. And Daniel Eads came up to me, introduced himself and asked me to watch the match. Hmm. And, and I went out and watched it and I told him it was horrible. I said he was terrible. And I said, I told him all this stuff he did wrong, and he got defensive, and I said, why'd you ask me? And I told him if he wanted to be a terrible wrestler, then don't ask me for advice. Mm-hmm. And then he actually Facebooked me, got my number, and he went on the road with me. And it was the whole rides were me just telling him how crappy he did at everything, and him just taking it and listening. And then now, you know, he's probably a better wrestler than I was. Um, and And... But that's how I was. That's how I met Shane Rich. I went up to Shane Rich, and I asked him to critique me. Mm-hmm. I asked him to watch me. Kids don't do that anymore. I say kids, but guys right. don't really do yeah. that anymore. Um, um, and uh, um, and uh, it's kind of, you know, you have Axe Allward in the locker room, and you have Shane Rich, and you just have guys that don't go up and ask them anymore. And, you know, you see some, I actually saw Jimmy Razor yeah. just sit and talking to Axe the whole time. And I can't tell you how happy I that, love that. that yeah. made me. Yeah, I agree. I saw, I noticed that too. I thought that, that was great. I think it's great that Axe, I feel like Axe has always been one of those guys that, that, you know, if you just ask him and sit down and talk to him, he is more than happy to talk to you and, and. You know, because, you know, admittedly, I, I think it could be intimidating for for some to to walk up and approach. Like if, if I were, you know, 25 years old and, and doing and training and doing this, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty introverted and pretty shy. And I know a lot of people it, once I get to know you, it's not that way. But back in the day, I could have never imagined approaching you or Shane Rich or Roger Mathis and asking for advice. But I think it's important and it, you've, you've got to, if you want to succeed at anything, not just in the world of professional wrestling, but find those mentors and learn from them and ask. Because 99% of the time, they're more than happy to share that knowledge with you. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people ask, you know, back when I was doing the news, people would ask me for advice or to look at their stuff or critique it or whatever. And, you know, all you've got to do is ask, and the worst that they can say is no. So... Uh, like Tyler said, if, if any of our stride guys are listening to this, seek it out, you know, ask, and if you're not comfortable with it, break the ice with a Facebook message or something and then, and then work it that way. So it's so frustrating too, you know, where it, you know, and like the training, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's no secret. I mean, me, I, I'm on the verge of of just getting rid of the training school, um, Mm -hmm. altogether. And, um, you know, and it's because, you know, when I started it, and, I, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but they, they were lucky that, that they had me more for the side of I, I was a personal trainer. And so I knew the conditioning side really well. And I knew conditioning drills. I had also done private tryouts at WWE. I had also done 
many camps. I'd also done OVW stuff, so uh, training stuff. So, uh, you know, I did know and I knew what to look for. But then that's kind of the thing was I got in there and did it. I mean, you know, I took a hundred body slams and leg drops from, from Red Daniels and a hundred arm drags from Garrett and Elijah and, you know, Frank Edwards. And, you know, I had, you know, Savion uh, drop his hip on my head mm. um, and knock me out. I mean, so, you know, and I, that's what I meant by, I guess I'm bitter now is I, you know, I did all this stuff and, and that's kind of the thing. Now you look back at all these guys that trained, and they don't go up there and, and train the next generation and work with them like I thought that they would. I mean, you have this ring, you know, that that's sitting there that you can go use at any time. Yeah. And they act like because I'm not there or Jay Spay's not there or Red Daniels isn't there or, you know, whoever is not there uh, that they can't train. But what they fail to understand is I had a month, one month of training with Mike Masters and Curly and Edmund. And then after that, Edmund quit coming. And um, so for the next two or three months, it was, you know, we've talked about this before. I know Spade talked about it when you had him on. Mm-hmm. It was me, Spade, A.T. Brooks, Dalton Diamond, and Zach Sawyer would go up there and we would just do, I mean, there were times and it sounds ridiculous, but there were literally times we went up there and did two hours of hip tosses or two hours of running the ropes to that just stuff, just in the ring doing stuff. And what I found now is when I go up there, it's so frustrating because they want to put together practice matches and have you watch it. Mm. And it's just frustrating. It's just because like, you know, why don't you work on other stuff? Because that's conditioning and that's footwork and that's becoming an athlete. You know, that is, you know, that's becoming athletic is doing is doing this stuff. And but they want to go up there and they want to choreograph this match and, and put it together. But they can't throw strikes or they can't sell and, you know, they can't, you know, hit moves safely. They don't have good ring placement. And, uh, you know, and it was, it was, I mean, it was years and years of me battling these, these trainees with it, you know, um, and, you know, like I've talked about before, you know, you had some, you know, that were flew through it, that just got it, you know, Frank Edwards just got it. Mm -hmm. He knew he got it right away. Red Daniels started out slow and then he got it and then he figured it out. You know, uh, Garrett and Elijah, you know, had to wear a helmet you know, at first and and that they struggled and then then they got it, you know, and, uh, you know, and then you have somebody like, um, you know, Matt, um, the guy who got hurt, you know, he, Mm -hmm. um, he, within two weeks, I mean, he could have graduated wrestling school in two weeks. Um, Oh, wow. And, you know, because he just was rare and he got it. But then you have guys like Daniel Eads who didn't get it, you know, so, and then look where he's at and look how talented he is. Right. And, but you have to fight these guys. And my advice to anybody who wants to be a wrestler and wants to train is I'm a little different now is it, a lot of it now is, is really self-motivation. I mean, you look, I just watched Billy, uh, the, the bully or Billy Ray on um, the stone cold podcast and his school, you have to sign up for a year. Oh, wow. You have to train for a year. And, 
you know, and, you know, and, and going to these other places. I mean, if you used, if you watch that show, they had a WWE network. I mean, just, you know, they spend a day doing headlocks and headlock takeovers and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Red Daniels always talked about, oh my gosh, dude, it was, we spend a whole day locking up and taking heads and I'd be mad and it wasn't good enough for me and I'd make him do it over and over and over again. Mm. And what it's turned into is, well, no, I, you know, and, and a lot of it is my fault because I, I started the teacher matches and I would give these trainees, I'd let them go in and take moves from the teacher to get them on a crowd. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got that taste of having a match and they all kind of want to rush through it. But, you know, a lot of it is, you know, um, you know, and I and I, I don't mean to, to talk about myself at all, but I've been to the places I've been because I used to go to West Frankfurt to Curly's place. And if anybody doesn't believe me, they can message Curly. I had a key. They could ask Shane Richard the next show. They could ask Spade. Uh, I used to go up there four or five times a week. You could ask my ex-wife. She's the secretary at my school. I used to go up there four or five times a week. I go pick up Spade, I go pick up AT Brooks, and I'd be in the ring four or five times a week. Um, and that's how I've gotten to to the places I've gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's how I got an OVW contract. You know, that's how I got on a WWE pay per view uh, for doing that stuff. And that's the thing that I think people now you don't have to have aspirations to be on AEW or WWE, but you're never going to get better and you're, you know, you're never going to get to go be champion or be the guy at a bigger company or go be on, you know, TV or go make money. If you don't put in more effort and you don't, you know, have a little bit more of, you know, self, um, you know, self discipline. And, and also you have to be able to take a lot of uh, constructive criticism, um, you know, and, and I, and I do, a lot of guys don't ask me anymore because I tell them the truth, you know, um, you know, and, and that's what I think talking about Peyton, how great Peyton did the other night. I mean, all I've told Peyton is how terrible he's done at stuff. And, you know, he's the nicest guy in the right. locker room, but he fixes it. You know, I mean, that was the first thing I, I noticed was his strikes, how great they were last night, just how vicious his strikes looked. And just that little bitty thing. And when I came to the back, I said, Shane, man, that was really good. And Shane's like, man, his his strikes were on point. And it's like, wow, that little bitty, just how being able to throw a strike and hit somebody, like how, like that was able to suck in a crowd. But, um, you know, that's, you know, as, as I transition, you know, out of, the role that I've been and, and I'm, and I'm away from the training. That's probably the one thing that I'm, you know, most, most bitter about is, you know, I, and, and that's not, you know, knocking anybody, but you know, red Daniels. Now he has another business as I do teaching. He's, he's making belts and he is super busy mm-hmm. and he ran the school for a long time. And I know, you know, Garrett's up there and he's doing stuff, but, I mean, a lot of these other kids, you know, that graduated and, and, you know, and, and there's Dave and Kevin and Casey, I mean, they, you know, and Logan and, and Garrett and Logan, they, you know, they killed themselves setting the ring up, but, you know, that's just what's frustrating is where are the rest of these guys at, you know, and, 
you know, I, you know, I, I killed myself wrestling for them, taking move after move, you know, having them drop me on my head and, and, you know, where are they at now that, you know, why are they not training the next people? You know, why, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's frustrating. It's, It's probably the one thing I'm most sour about is, um, I was never that way. If you look at me now having stride, look who I book. I book Daniel Eves. I book Shane Rich. I book Mike Masters. I book Curly. I book Axe. I book guys, Brandon Espinoza, Chris Hargis, guys that helped me and trained me. And if anybody needs anything, you know, needs me to go work a show or go, you know, do something for them, I do it. And it's just not replicated anymore, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's kind of, I think, the younger generation. But, you know, that that's kind of my, my rant tangent on training, you know, what, what people need to do to be successful and, and to train more. Couldn't have said it better myself. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And as we kind of wrap things up, uh, you know, no rest for the wicked. Stride is on the road again. This Friday night, uh, we're heading to Shawneetown. It's going to be a big show out there. Uh, I think this is the first time we've done uh, the Shawneetown Cold Days. Yeah, we're uh, going to Cold Days. They picked us up after watching us at uh, Gallatin County. Oh, nice. um, and so, yeah, they picked us up. They're bringing in uh, Bill Dundee and Cowboy Bob Orton. And, um, you know, they, they're actually huge wrestling fans down there, and they were super excited. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I know uh, we've had some inquiries already, and uh, I did. Uh, I know you've talked to them as well, but I heard from the fire department, and this show is free. So folks can come out and enjoy it and, and not pay anything. But if you do come, we highly recommend bringing a lawn chair or something to sit on because it's an outdoor show, like we said. Uh, we've done these out at Rent One Park before and, and have had a couple of other outdoor events. So Bring a chair and uh, be comfy and, and come out and enjoy some great wrestling. Yeah, it should be a good time. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, shows like this at fairs, you don't know. I actually haven't got a head count on who's all coming. I'm just hoping we have enough to, to have a show, which we will. That's a joke. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it'll be a good time. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Stride will be here as long as, as the fans keep it here. You know, and that's as long, you know, people are buying shows and doing things. And as long as as they're doing that, you know, we will, you know, we'll continue to have shows. And, and, um, you know, this will be a, it'll be a great family event. I don't think it's supposed to be super hot um, that day um, at that night, at nighttime. And if it rains, they're going to move it in the firehouse and it's still going to be. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. So either way, we're going to have it. You know, you get to see a couple um, really good um, veteran wrestlers, you know, that, that kind of paved the way. And Bob Orton, you know, Randy Orton's dad, so WWE Hall of Famer. So um, it will definitely be a, a good time. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Again, uh, thank you for everything, being a part of this show, and then the friendship and beyond and, and everything from Saturday night. Anything you want to say before we wrap things up? Nope, that's it. All right, man. Thank you, Tyler, Heath Hatton, for joining us this week, friends. I thank you for listening. And again, support Stride Pro Wrestling. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash My123Cents. Pick up a shirt uh, and uh, go to Collar and Elbow. Use the promo code My123Cents. Everything that you buy, the support goes right back into Stride Pro Wrestling. So 
Uh, we appreciate it, and we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Thank you.